This is Cut to the Chase. I'm Dave Emanuel. My guest is author Carol Townsend. Her latest book is Blood in the Soil, the story behind the 1978 shooting of Hustler magazine publisher Larry Flint. That book was a radical departure from her previous works, which were humorous stories about life in the South. Carol's also been a newspaper journalist for a number of years, and her articles span the spectrum from humorous to unsettling. One of the most unsettling subjects she has come across is spousal abuse. Carol, most people think abusive relationships are limited to certain socioeconomic groups, but it really does span all levels of society, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, I think the stereotype is that lower income, less educated men and women tend to find themselves in these situations. Um, You know, you picture cops coming to the house and screaming and shouting and the neighbors being aware of the problem, but that's um, domestic violence spans all socioeconomic groups and um, too often much of it is done quietly behind closed doors. Neighbors are not aware. And it's not always related to drugs or alcohol or money problems because I think a lot of people look at it from the standpoint of, well, the guy's on drugs or the guy gets drunk and beats his wife up or they argue over money problems and somebody loses his or her temper. But a lot of it goes way beyond that kind of situation, doesn't it? Oh, gosh, yeah. It's it's a situation um, that is so insidious and so deep. It, it's It's a combination of bullying and fear manipulation, control, Um, it's, you know, drugs and alcohol may or may not be involved, but uh, typically, and in my experience, that has little to nothing to do with it. What what seems to be the generator of, of these issues? And I guess the biggest question I would have is, do you think people can really see what's to come? Is, are there signs? You're out, you're dating, everything seems to be going well. Are, are people just not seeing signs that this is going to go down a bad road at some point? You know, that's a great question. And um, I, I can speak to this subject because I lived it for 12 years myself. Um, and I'm ashamed to say that for years before I, I lived in this myself, I would look at women who would allow themselves to um, live with abuse, whether it was physical, mental, emotional, all the above. And I actually looked down my nose at them and thought, how on earth could you have any pride or self-respect and let this happen in your life? And um, as you may or may not know, I'm a woman of faith, so I believe God is in everything, and God had a lesson to teach me. So... Um, before you know it, there I was in a marriage um, with two small children and was living with the same situation myself. So I learned real quickly to have empathy for women in this situation. And before we go down this road any farther, I know somebody's going to call in or comment and say, well, you know, there are situations in which men are abused as well. Absolutely. Uh, it's wrong. I don't care who does it, but I can only speak from my own experience. So um, why do women stay in it? It's such a, it's a dynamic that it does take two to tango. Very often you have a woman with low self-esteem who feels that she 
can't do any better or deserves the treatment she's getting. Um, but as you said, you know, gosh, no, when you're dating someone, it's not very likely that you're going to go on your first date. He's going to punch you in the face and you're going to say, that was awesome. You know, I hope he calls me again. It's slow. It's insidious. Um, it happens over a period of time. And are there signs? Yeah, I can look back and say that I saw signs. Control was a big issue with my ex-husband. Um, manipulation, um, turning things around. I don't care what happened. I don't care what the abuse happened to be. It was always my fault or the result of something that I did that made him um, do whatever it was that he had done. And, and it's a mind game. It's a mind game, and you believe, you come to believe slowly over the years uh, it's your new normal, and you just have to figure out how to live with it. If you want your family to work, um, you want your children to have their father in the home with them, then you really come to the sick realization that, you know, it's just your cross to bear. You're just going to have to live with it. Wrong on so many levels, but that's... That's the way it happens. So really what we're getting to is when we hear the term battered, we typically think of women or children who are physically abused. But really what you're saying is that the physical abuse is in essence secondary to the mental or emotional abuse because that's what keeps the person there and keeps them open for subsequent physical abuse. Right, yeah. Um in my opinion, mental abuse, the verbal abuse, is so much more damaging um, because it leaves scars that may never, may never go away. Um, physical abuse obviously is inexcusable, and you do have scars and broken bones and whatever else comes with it, those heal. Um, but the verbal abuse actually works on your mind it you you come to believe that you are dumb that you are incapable that you are whatever it is that he tells you you are and um speaking for myself i'm a well-educated woman um great job in corporate america i i was not financially dependent on this man i had just come to believe over the years that the things that he constantly told me must have been true. Otherwise, why would the man who's supposed to love me be telling me this all the time? Um, it, it, is, it is a sick and a sad phenomenon. It really is. But it does, it does happen. But unlike a <clears throat> lot of women, you got out. And, and what would you say to other women who are in a situation thinking as you thought well this is this is normal for me I don't deserve any better or I can't get any better uh, we always hear stories about women and men who seem to be repeatedly attracted to the type of person that they should avoid at all costs mm -hmm. and and yet they keep going back but as I said you found a way out and what would you what would you advise other people to do who are sitting there saying I guess this is it. This is this is my life, and it'll never right. be any better. Um, I'm 
it's a sad thing to say about the reason I got out um, is that I did not do it ultimately for myself. I saw the effect that this was having on my small children. That gave me the backbone and the nerve to finally say enough is enough. Now, whatever the reason, you know, I got out and and that's a blessing. Um, it takes a woman an average of seven attempts to leave her abuser. And as you probably know, the time at which you are leaving is the most dangerous time. That's when the bully and the coward, meaning the abuser, sees that he's got to pull out all stops because all the things he normally uses are not working anymore. So it is a very dangerous time. I encourage women, and I do work with women on a weekly basis now because I'm so passionate about this. I get how it happens. I encourage women to not become isolated. Uh, Abuse is very isolating. You are embarrassed and humiliated and ashamed. You don't want your family to know. You certainly don't, if you have any friends left, because you're typically not allowed to have friends, you don't want them to know. You certainly don't want your coworkers to know. So the woman keeps it secret and therefore she's isolated. So she doesn't have anyone to turn to and to talk these things through with. She is alone in this. Um, Very often the abuser, on the other hand, um, and I experienced this, when you do finally get the nerve to say enough, I'm out, he will pick up the phone and call your dad, your siblings, your coworkers, anybody who knows you. And um, for lack of a better word, tattle, start, start, carrying tales. Are you, can you believe she's going to leave me and she's taking my children and she's threatened to do this? And he puts himself in the place of the victim, but he's telling all these people you've kept it from all the horrible things you're doing to him. So the advice that I would give women, first of all, is you are never, ever supposed to live with this. You, there's nothing that you could have ever done that would bring this on yourself. There is, you are not helping your children by saying, oh, I want to keep their dad in the house. He has to earn that right back. Um, It is not his right to be in that home and terrify your children and abuse you. Um, So no, you are not helping your children by staying. So when you do make up your mind, and and I I hope to God it's sooner rather than later, You just have to make up your mind that nothing will stop you. Not the phone calls he's going to make that are telling your family what a terrible person you are. Not the threats that he makes against you. So I encourage you to have a plan. Um, You just have to make up your mind that no one, um, I, I don't believe an animal deserves to be treated that way. I certainly don't believe a human being does. You just have to to make up your mind, and you're very often going to have to rely on your own strength and resolve, because law enforcement very often um, tends to look the other way. I understand it to a point, because yeah, they do get called out to uh, a house where both partners are drunk and out of control, and they'll call the police, and by the time he gets there... The woman doesn't want to press charges and the husband's the victim. And 
I'm sure they get sick of that. It's silly. It's ridiculous. Um, but there are those cases where absolutely, yeah, you need help and you need the help of law enforcement because very often the, the man does get very violent when he sees that you've said enough. Is there any plan that you would suggest that women might put into action knowing that they're going to leave and possibly getting some evidence, so to speak, to where they can say, okay, he's saying this, here's the deal. Right. Um, The first thing that you will hear in law enforcement, once they understand that you're not that couple that calls every Saturday night after you've put away, you know, a case of beer, um, they will give you the advice to obtain a restraining order. And in my experience and the experience, I would say, of 99% of the women with whom I work, the value that a restraining order has is that you can wad it up and throw it at him. And if that stops him, then it's done its job. A man who who abuses um, doesn't have a whole lot of respect for law or for the person he's abusing. So flashing a piece of paper at him is only going to make him angrier. Um, yes, obtain it because you want it on record, but don't, please don't depend on that to stop him. Have a plan in place. If you have any friends left, and I, I keep saying that because abuse is such an isolating thing. Um, say if you have children, you somehow, uh, under the radar, you get their clothes and their necessities to this person's house. You get your own whatever you need to survive for the next week or so in this person's house. Um, Get things out of the house that you know you'll need before you put your foot down and finally say, okay, I'm gone. Very often it's better to leave when he's not around. Um, try Try to leave in a way that is not right in front of his face that is not going to provoke him. That may sound cowardly, but if you've lived this, it just sounds smart. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think most abusers understand what they're doing? Is this something you think they consciously do, or is it their own lack of self-esteem that they feel that they're a failure if they don't have a woman standing by them, so to speak? Yeah, I, I think it obviously varies from person to person, but as a rule... I can tell you without a doubt that that the abuser is a coward and a bully and a manipulator. Whether he's aware of it, um, I think some men are, and I think some men just believe that that's the way it ought to be. Does it go back to his home life when he was a kid? Sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I don't even know that in many cases it's a matter of, you know, gosh, I don't, I'm not a real man if I don't have a woman beside me. I think it's a case of if I had a woman and she has the nerve to leave me, then that makes me look like a loser. It's it's He doesn't want you to stay out of love or respect or wanting to make a home with you. It's about him and his ego. When you have this situation, it's obviously very easy to talk about and very difficult to to handle in in real life. 
the financial aspect of it is important in a lot of cases. A woman looks at it and she may or may not have a job, and if she does, she may not have enough money to support herself. So she's financially dependent on her abuser. Mm-hmm. How does she get out and survive from a financial standpoint? Yeah, you make a great point. I, I think that may be the number one reason that women stay in it because either their earning capacity is not high enough to take care of herself and maybe a child or two or three, um, I mean, it takes money to start over. We all know that. And if he is the only earner, then you feel stuck. Um, I can say that there are refuges and places that you can go. Um, shelters and counseling organizations that can take care of the here and now for you while you're getting resettled and calm and and trying to get used to living without this nightmare that you've been in for so many years. Um, they will also help with job training. Now, yes, that takes time. There are um, safety nets in place. If you simply cannot earn enough to take care of your family, there are programs that will um, help you to do that with, with, with respect to paying your rent or buying food for your children, um, getting your children on health insurance. We've got that help. Um, and there are counselors and people who have been down this road many times before who can help you unravel all that and, and figure it out. The main thing is to get out, and then I promise you, you'll be able to think much more clearly and use the resources that are there for you. What happens when a woman leaves and, let's say, finds a refuge somewhere? Does the abuser uh, obviously is going to try to make contact and bring her back in? How is that best handled? Because... I'm sure women get out and then get sucked back in and they're back to where they started. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. You know, again, on average, it takes, it takes seven times to get out from under an abuser. Uh, Most of the shelters, all of the shelters with which I work, um, are secret places. The, the whereabouts are not known to anybody, but a very small circle. Um, so once you're out, he typically cannot find you. You make another very good point. The woman will leave, and she this relationship is so codependent or so out of loyalty and what she views as love or fear or for whatever reason, she'll go right back to him. Um, that's an unfortunate, it's just an unfortunate phenomenon. And it's, and it's only a battle that the woman herself can win. No counselor, no attorney, um, nobody can give you that strength. You've got to find it within yourself. And, and one thing to remember, which I tell young girls all the time, once abuse happens, um, especially the, the physical, the violence, the a, a, a typical cycle is the abuse happens, you are in disbelief, you're upset, you can't believe it, and of course you don't want to believe that this man that you love could treat you this way. 
And then he slides back in and says, well, you know, I'm very sorry. It'll never happen again. He'll probably send you flowers. And then he will point out how it was your fault that he did it in the first place. If you would just not do X, then I wouldn't have to do Y. That is a red flag. Um, run as fast as you can in the opposite direction because once it happens, not only does it not stop, it gets worse every single time. We're in Gwinnett County. Uh, we have several resources here. Can you give us some of those that a woman might contact? And obviously with the age of cell phones, it's probably best to make your call outside the house and, mm, uh, yeah. and then delete it from your phone. <laughs> Um, there are some organizations that I can can recommend. There's Partnership Against Dem Domestic Violence. If you want to learn more about them, the website is padv.org. The Gwinnett County phone number to call is 770-963-9799. Um, there's another website you can go check out. It's called womenslaw.org that offers various resources. Everything from finding an attorney who understands what you're going through to explaining what help, what shelters are out there. Um, domesticshelters.org lists what help you've got in, I believe, 41 of the cities in Georgia. Women's Resource Center to End Domestic Violence, 404-688-9436. And another good one is the Georgia Coalition, Coalition Against Domestic Violence, 800-334-2836. Um, all of these organizations are going to help you take that first step, which is always the hardest. You've got to get over um, all the things that have kept you there for so many years. The fear, the hope that you're going to wake up one day and he's going to wake up one day and be the husband or the partner that you always dreamed he would be. He is not. Not unless he acknowledges the fact that he needs to get help and, and actually gets help. And it takes years. I mean, these are these are mental emotional um, factors that become hardwired in an abuser. And if you stay with them long enough, long enough, they actually become hardwired in you. So um, can he change? Yes. Is it your responsibility to change him? No. Um, it is your responsibility to protect yourself and absolutely your children. Because I promise you, if your children see this, a child believes that what they grow up with in their home is normal, no matter how abnormal it may be. And, I mean, the, the, the thing that finally spurred me to leave was that I didn't want my son to grow up thinking that's how a man acts. And I didn't want my daughter to look for a man that behaved that way because that is how the cycle gets perpetuated okay now for anybody who might be in a different state is there a, an easy way uh, a google search that they could possibly do to to find local help partnership domestic against domestic violence is a national organization okay. um so that is 
that's a wonderful group. That's the first place I would encourage you to turn um, across the country. I, you know, a simple Google search with your state and domestic violence help is going to pull up some valuable resources. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I think I think we've covered some really good ground here, and uh, I would encourage anybody who is in a situation where they are being abused to to get the help that you really need and enable to, to turn your life around. There's really no valid reason to live that kind of life, and, and obviously people have gotten out and have gotten on and found a much more enjoyable, successful life outside of the abuser. Exactly. And thank you for talking about this, Dave. I appreciate it.